You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast with Mark Allred, Court Lalonde, and Rob Tomlin. You can subscribe and rate our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Player.fm, SoundCloud.com, and Stitcher Radio. You can support the show financially by going to blackandgoldhockey.com and clicking on the fanatics.com banner before shopping online. You can also purchase exclusive Black and Gold Hockey podcast merchandise in the official B&G shop. And now, time to start the Bruins Hockey Talk from three different countries. Enjoy the show! Yeah, buddy. Uh, we are back just to uh, dust off some cobwebs on this long off season. Um, thank you for uh, coming back, tuning in, reaching out to us, and uh, and telling us that we need to get back on the show because you miss us very much. But uh, uh, this particular episode, I'm not sure what number we're on. I did not look that up, and I feel really bad about that. But I think we're at 94, 95. I could be wrong on the number, but this is going to be our prospect. Um, Preview kind of a post uh, 2018 NHL entry draft for the Boston Bruins, who had five picks, and uh, definitely going to talk about the upcoming development camp that starts this week on Tuesday, and and that's a four day event at the Warrior Ice Arena. But I got to welcome back my boy uh, Josh Bemis. Josh, uh, we hope that you've had a good off season so far, and we uh, missed talking to you about the prospects, but. I wanted to get you back to talk about everything that happened this weekend and what's about to happen next week. So how are you? I'm excited to be back, Mark. Honestly, uh, I've been looking forward to the draft since, you know, the Bruins season ended. So, I mean, it, it was here and we had to sit out the first round, but it was interesting seeing a lot of the younger kids get picked and who picked where. Um, I kind of enjoyed the Schattenfreude that went on in the Montreal organization when they reached <laughs> on that pick. Oh, that was delightful. And then, you know, day two came around. We got a lot of good picks and a lot of interesting kids to look out for. Um, as the day was approaching, I'd kind of just scrawled out a bunch of notes. I mean, if you looked at it, it looks kind of messy and weird. But uh, I basically outlined that Sweeney needed to pick up a right-handed D and a bunch of forwards because we need to restock some of the wings and lo and behold first pick right hand d and the next three i believe were uh, forwards and then he ended up with a left-handed d because it wouldn't be don sweeney's draft without picking up a left hand d and then another forward so sweeney brought all the things that i wanted on my christmas list <laughs> that's awesome um before we continue, I just want to uh, give uh, the people a little more information. If you have not heard Josh on this program, he writes for the uh, shippinguptocauseway.com website uh, that, that centers around the Boston, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, American Hockey League's Providence Bruins, the top minor pro affiliate of the Bees. And it's also an, a new uh, write, American Hockey League Bruins writer for sinbin.net. Um, and you can follow him on Twitter at tocauseway on um at two causeway so sorry about hacking that josh oh no it's okay it's okay it's been a while like i said we're we're, we're, we're you know taking the cobwebs off and stretching yeah, our yeah, legs here yeah. <laughs> uh, dusting off what was i gonna say something about rust yeah yeah absolutely um <laughs> so uh actually um you did write uh your your season ending uh, article and which was the first one for the uh, at Sinbin News on Twitter and also the Sinbin.net uh, website. So uh, I, I'm 
I, I gotta say I'm proud. I'm happy for you. It's it sounds like there's a lot of doors that could be open from this opportunity. So if you if you don't mind just diving in a little bit on on what you expect and and what we can all expect as readers of your work. Um, honestly, more of the same. It's just gonna be another platform for me to get my kind of writing out there. Um, somebody. One of my close friends who actually did a lot of my graphics work for my own blog recommended me to them and there was kind of a mutual uh, There's kind of a mutual adoration. I guess I don't know if that's the right word, but uh, Like I said the graphics guy put in a really good word for me and they uh, they really enjoyed my work um, I don't know it just all kind of came together there they do a lot they have a lot of um, like PR and media people who do a lot of the kind of the minutia work for you. So it was, it took a lot, a lot of, cause I remembered I was working on um, getting press credentials to places like Bridgeport, places like um, Providence college. And I mean, I don't mind emailing people like that, but it's nice to have somebody who's got maybe a more professional touch to do it rather than me spending four hours trying to come up with the right words to say to these people. So it just really came together, and I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm not going to fold my own site just because I've worked, I mean, almost a year on it now, and I've gained kind of a following that I really appreciate and that uh, I can quick shout out to. Like, everybody who's been following me since the start of this whole thing has been amazing, and I'm just excited to see where this next where this takes me i mean I, I i got married i moved and then i got this brand new affiliation so there's been a lot of change in the past like two three months so crazy awesome you know congratulate from from us here at the black and gold team we appreciate your contributions that you do when you do come on and and we look forward to to talking to you on a more regular basis as is the 2018-19 season ramps up so absolutely you know yeah, i definitely. i just think i think we had a lot of chemistry the last uh I don't know seven eight weeks of the season when oh, we're yeah. talking about prospects and, and 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 just welcome aboard and I'm wicked pumped to have you back because I was afraid I was losing you there for a second nope, you know what I mean so I was just like I don't want to find another guy you know what I mean it's just the the the, uh, the process is is just you know you just got to find those right people I'm not looking for the people that know everything and and you know crunch all these kind of coursey and Fenwick numbers i just want honest opinion what you see from the team and 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 you brought a certain level of uh professionalism to to our previous shows so and i welcome that back anytime so part well yeah when i was talking to the people with the powers that be i said you know one of the one of the criteria for me affiliating with you guys is i still got to be able to do my podcast on a regular basis so i had you guys in mind from the very beginning bam See that? That's his mic drop. So here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, the NHL draft uh, obviously was this weekend, Saturday on Friday night. There was no first round pick for the Boston Bruins because of the Rick Nash trade. That was probably the leverage that got that deal done. Um, so it was a lot of action on the second day, and it was faster. Um, I could I could barely keep up with the with the uh, NHL Network's uh, coverage of it and the, and the ticker on the side, but um, we got to see a couple of good good players get drafted. And in, in, in this draft, I believe that the the Don Sweeney and and Scott Bradley and and scouting staff all did a good job. I mean, uh, there was there wasn't any like blown away um, picks that I, I believe, but. Then again, I haven't really had time to um, digress and, and, and get into uh, research projects about them. I've watched some video, but I really don't have a, a professional opinion or unprofessional opinion. I mean, sorry. Um, but uh, I did uh, go on to BostonEveryones.com and Eric Russo wrote an article um and, and he sat down with uh, Bruins assistant general manager Scott Bradley, which is now basically in charge of all the scouts below, and uh, kind of gave us a, a, a scouting report on their website. So I kind of printed that out, and, and definitely all credit goes to the web, uh, to BostonBruins.com and Eric Russo. But um, he touched on some uh, some points that I just wanted to come out and say. Uh, but in the second round with the 57th overall pick, they uh, Axel Anderson. <laughs> Axel, 
I keep thinking it's wrong. You know, it's the other way around. But right, yeah, Alex, I, exactly, yeah, exactly. But he's a he's a six foot seven hundred seven hundred one hundred seventy eight pound native of Sweden. Um, he, he was ranked twenty seventh uh, in the European skaters category uh, in Central Scouting. Um, last season, he got six goals and twenty five assists. Uh, for 31 points in 42 games. Uh, sorry, Bradley says that staff was really high on him and said that uh, on the blue liner, um, one of the better skaters in the draft, which is important for uh, transition. And, and, the, and it just seems to me that the, from what I'm seeing and, and, and reading from a lot of um, the writers that are higher in the pay scale than mine, um, they, they, the transition game of defense is getting bigger and bigger. So this, uh, this addition to the organization and the depth pool and the prospect depth pool is huge. Um, a solid pick, you know. I mean, there really isn't really much bad things to say about him. Uh, a lot of positives. Yeah, uh, something that you and I probably maybe people saw it, but we touched on yesterday was that. Having a foundation of elite skating talent is absolutely the best place that you can start off with the, with a prospect because elite skating talent, you can teach it, but when somebody already comes equipped with it, your job is infinitely easier in the long run because you don't have to teach that great first step. You don't have to instill in them how to make that efficient stride or how to just it, – it's, it's such a great fundamental that – it's the perfect foundation for anybody to work with, especially for a defenseman who has to be potentially pretty mobile at times, depending on how the play goes, because you never know when you might have to rush back. And in fact, um, to quote Steve Corianos, who did a great write-up on these guys, there, um, Anderson is a phenom- is phenomenal at when he occasionally blows his coverage. He's good about booking it absolutely just hauling and going and getting the guy who he blew the coverage on regardless of where that person is on the ice so even if he makes a mistake he's good about cleaning up his own mistakes and that comes from that innate good skating ability yeah that's what that's what um uh, bradley also said that uh he's got great reaction time so uh hinting on what 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 steve said in, in that paragraph and what you mentioned so um he's got good size um, definitely going to be putting on a lot of pounds. You know, you're going to hear that a lot after, from these from these uh, draft picks, and and what people like you and I are going to say is Absolutely. definitely definitely going to need the weight. I'm, I'm not sure when a player like this is is NHL ready. Um, I'm always one for especially Europeans, if you, and, and 18 year old Europeans, if you can go back and play another full season with men, you're playing with men. And bigger ice over there, so you get a little more creative, um, and then come to the AHL for one year in smaller ice, get used to the smaller ranks, and still be creative in a defensive-minded uh, aspect. And then you know, because I mean, I I know it's different in the positions, but Jake DeBrus, I think, really uh, took advantage of that one year in Providence to the player he became this year. So I'd like to see more of that, you know, not just the jump in from especially international ice i i i i'm so afraid of those players just coming right into the bruins lineup at the nhl level because they're not i just don't think they're ready and that that even though that some people tell me that they they do work out on smaller ice over there but not during games you know what i mean they find time to 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 get availability i, I it just makes me worried and i'm not sure that he's absolutely ready for um for that roster spot in October, so definitely. I mean, I've, you know, you you don't think it's such a big deal until you see the difference. And interestingly enough, Men's League has kind of introduced me to a couple of different rinks, and one of them at uh, King Philip in Andover has an Olympic-sized rink, and a, and once in a blue moon, I'll get a game up there, and you're it's it's amazing how much more space you have. So. Yeah, you got you got time for creativity, man. Right, exactly, and it, it again, it doesn't seem like it's a big deal until you're actually on the ice and you're saying, "Wow, look at how much more space that I have." 
and you spread five people out and yeah the game opens up so much that's why five on three or excuse me three on three overtime is so open and so creative and so exciting because of how much space you have to make these home run passes and to make these amazing two-on-ones so it yeah it for the Europeans, it's going to be very interesting to see when he comes over and how he adapts, because that's kind of the barometer of how he's going to do in the future. Yeah, and and if if um, and if he's lucky enough to get to Providence within a year or two, um, and uh, take advantage of Jay Leach's defensive-minded kind of coaching, I know he's the head coach and he takes care of the offense and defense, but you know he oversees. Not he doesn't coach both of them, but um, I just think that. He'd, he'd be very beneficial to have uh, the tutelage of a guy like that. I mean, absolutely. And just look at, you know, the, the the prospects that are going through Providence right now. I mean, there's a lot of people that crap on on uh, Jacobs Borough and there's and Jeremy Lawson for their for their stretch and or their reach for their pick. Uh, I, you know, I see otherwise because I, you know, I'm not saying I'm better than anybody else, but we get, have an opportunity to watch the games and see what's mm-hmm. actually happening. Um so our eye test says that they're developing a lot better than people think. Uh, they're not, you know, just because they're not ripping it up on points, defensemen don't really do that much anymore. Yep. This, the yep. years of Bobby Orr have passed. You're not going to yep, get a 100-point defenseman anymore. So, you know, you just got to relax, be cool. The, the biggest narrative that really bothers me, uh, Josh, is, is the fact that they just it is when they get to the NHL pisses people off. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, you know that guy was a 2015 draft pick. He should be in the NHL right now. And then they base their their opinion on 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 his his progression through a year or two of um, of North American professional hockey that they you know just trying to learn and and absorb and and be a better player before getting to that to that role in the NHL. And and I think proper development is important. Most of the time, everybody's just. They love the shiny new toy. Let's get it in here. Let's see how it works and then shit on them later. Yep, absolutely. And it's actually cost controlling to keep them kind of in the minor leagues for the time being. Because imagine if you had to pay Jakob Zaborl, Zachary Seneshin, Jake DeBrusque, Charlie McAvoy, Brandon Carlo, all at the same time. And then that's not even including Danton Heinen and why can't I think of the name? Uh, Anders Bjork off. That, that's not including those guys. Imagine right. how much those guys would cost if they all came up at the same time with the contracts that you have now. It's it's good to space it out because it's gonna exactly it's gonna space them out. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's, I just I just like to properly develop. I don't like rushing, uh, mm-hmm. and, I, and I think and I not to get way off way off topic on on a, on a draft talk, but I just think a, uh, a general manager like Don Sweeney who has that background of uh, player development and he has a tenure in it uh, and then he becomes the the uh, Bruins general manager I think that was important for him to know uh, when to pick who to pick and how to pick uh, certain players whether it be a, a, of need and I know I know people hate that you know you can address certain needs that you that you need to you know for, for the future but you can also pick best available so there's two, there's two sides of the coin that can be that can be played when it comes to uh, drafted and, uh, and future NHL talent. You know, the only thing that I will concede, and it took me a full season too, and I had to actually see the player, was I wish we had picked Matt Barzell. I will admit, I wish we had picked him. But... Yeah, I know. And, and the Bruins passed over that guy three times. And I get it, but that's the gamble you take at the draft. It's a, it's a yep. total crapshoot. And... Yep. You know, I, I can't go hate in a franchise because they don't take a certain player, but they, their, their staff and their, oh yeah, you know, that upper management believe in what 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 a, a certain franchise picked. You know, I have to go with with what they did because they're the better people than I am, and they have a better eyes and uh, and um, availability to to um, evaluate players. So. Um, moving on to the second pick, this was the third round, uh, pick, uh, 77th overall, uh, Jacob Laco. uh, Bradley was extremely pleased to land this 18 year old center, uh, from the Czech Republic listed as the 20th ranked, uh, European skater. Laco spent the last two seasons, uh, I'm not even going to try this, but it was the, 
Uh, check, extract, ex oh, I'm so bad at these. That's why we don't talk about prospects a lot that are overseas because I can't say <laughs> a lot of the a lot of the stuff that they mean. But it's a, it's a Czech league, and uh, he had nine points in 42 games. Um, that can't be right. Three goals and six assists in 42 games. Um, not very, you know, offensive, but it is that league though. I mean, over in that league, that is pretty an offensive year. Um, Especially for somebody so young. I mean, you got to take the player's age into consideration. Um, Bradley said that Alaco's best assets is his versatility on and off the ice. So, um, pretty much tells me that he can pretty much play at least two positions. Um, on the forward line. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so he'll be, let me see. Well, I really just should have done a lot more of my homework, but. That's uh, all right. I mean, I can, I can fill in a little bit of it up. Go I for it. Lauko has got. He like Anderson. He's got good skating ability, which is you know like where we like to, our prospects to start off with with a good skating technique and uh, good speed. But not only that, he's got a very good offensive presence. That he's got a great. He's got. He's got a. I want to. It's not. It's a. It's somewhere between a good and a great shot. But his creativity is really what sets him apart. So he doesn't. He almost doesn't need a great shot because. He has the ability to open up the ice, and further to that, he's also good on the back check, too. He's not just an offensive threat. He's also a very responsible centerman where he'll – you've probably heard me describe uh, Jack Studnika like this, where he'll go and pick up maybe a blown coverage man. He'll just instinctively find the blown coverage and go and pick up that man on the back check. So he's not only an offensive threat, but he's also very, he's a, he's a good two way centerman. So Lauko is honestly my favorite pick of the draft because there's some mock drafts that I saw. I was doing a little bit of digging around and I definitely saw at least one or two where he was going late first round. Like I saw some 29, 30, 31. So there are people out there who are very high on him. So yeah, he's, uh, he's, 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 the uh, Scott Bradley said he's fast. His energy plays with a lot of character, willing to sacrifice, mm -hmm. and this player could really shoot the puck. So, um, his speed is one of his better assets. And yeah, I mean, it's always good to have a player like that with attributes um, because you can pretty much slot him into anywhere. And what's good about actually, let me let me just bring this back a little bit. It's good about european prospects have you heard the like the the absolute hate for all the europeans that were taken in this draft no yeah i've actually seen on twitter and i know it's a dumpster fire on twitter sometimes and in a lot of drama you know a lot of hockey drama whatever or mm -hmm. hot takes whatever you want to call it oh yeah but, but um you know, a lot of people said that they just didn't they took you know one North American. Well, they pretty much took one person from every major country that provides a talent, uh, mm -hmm. worldwide talent for hockey. So, um, you know, a lot of angry people saying that they didn't take enough college people uh, or just North American in general, which means obviously the, the Canadian Junior Leagues in Canada. Um, it just it very just. They didn't really like that at all. They wanted to see more Americans or more, more Canadians taken, but it is what it is. Um, and then what, uh, I forgot what I was probably going to say after that, but um, it's, it, it should be interesting to see where he fits. What I do like about the, the – oh, I found out. I found what I was going to say. What I do like about all having all these Europeans that are picked is they don't have to go through the process as as a Canadian junior would at this age. They can be inserted into the American Hockey League at any point. Mm -hmm. The Canadian oh, junior, yeah, exactly. Instead the of Canadian the CHL, right. right? The agreement with the CHL and the NHL says that players under twenty cannot 
play in the American Hockey League. They have to either make the NHL or they go back to the Canadian junior team, which is fine. But with the Europeans, that rule does not happen. So they can yeah, be they inserted. Can be. They could either play more time and develop properly in their own country and then make, then make the transition over to the American Hockey League, or they can just immediately come right over as soon as possible. So there, there might be a card that, you know, Bradley, Sweeney, and, and the scouting team played with this, as in, you know, if we need immediate availability and we want to see these kids grow, if we believe that these kids were picked for a reason and they excel so much that we need to insert them into a lineup, they can do that at any time. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm willing that they, you know, the the contract uh, negotiations of free agents and, uh, and RFAs that are going to happen this summer, you know, I mean, you never know. And, and building the prospect pool is never a bad thing. You can always have to keep that stock with talent at a moment's notice or a yearly notice, whatever you want to call it. So it just it's just very beneficial. In my opinion, I, I don't. I don't want to see this organization go through the Shirelli years when we were just tossing draft picks away. Like, like Cam Neely said, it's like look around the league. We we we've, we've sprinkled talent all over the league, and now we have to replenish. In, in 2015, that was a perfect example of you need to restock the pool. You need to trade these assets, even though they weren't fan favorites to move. Yep. But you get the value back in the future. So, I mean, there's, there's always a way, and, and you've got to look at it as a business aspect and, and put your fandom aside when it comes to stuff like that, you know? Um, in the fourth round, uh, Curtis Hall was selected at the uh, 119th overall. Uh, he, the Princeton, New Jersey native, and he's a Yale commit. So... Uh, he had 13 goals and 18 assists for 54 games for the Youngstown Phantoms of the United States Hockey League last season. Uh, the six foot two, 200 pound center's strength, uh, big boy, followed him all year. Uh, closely watched him, powerful player. We found a lot of power in his game. Said Bradley, uh, I think we'll have uh, the ability to play wing and center. So you see, there's another one that. That is can be inserted in the lineup and be a value uh, uh, at any position on the forward line. I mean, a player like this kind of reminds me of um, a Peter Solarik. Oh, very good point. You know, I mean, I mean, I know, yeah. I know, I know. I know um, Hall plays a lot of center, but and 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 Solarik will play that wing. Uh, you know, the both sides, the left and the right. So, I mean, it's never a bad idea to have somebody that can. Uh, that can be, you know, they have multiple multi tools in the toolbox per se, you know. Yeah, and uh, I like Curtis Hall because for one, he models his, his uh, game after David Backus, and two, he has got some size. Did you did you get a good look at that thing? Yeah, I mean, he's huge. Yeah, he's a big boy. He's, yeah, he is built like um, I can't say that on on a podcast. So uh, he is built. Let's just say that that guy is amazing. I mean. You need that kind of size and that speed, especially if you want to get into the, you know, in front of the net to cause some havoc. That's exactly who you want to throw in front of him. Yeah, he's got a lot of upside, um, and he can really turn into a power forward. That's what Bradley right. was stating. Right, exactly. Um, and he's he's a power forward for the new NHL too because he's he's not that kind of you know slow lumbering. And I hate to say this, but Milan Lucic type. He's Ooh. got the size, he's got the speed, he's got the quickness. And not to knock on Lucic, I mean, don't get me wrong, I loved him when he was here. I loved him for the role that he had here. But the NHL kind of passed him by. And uh, I'm sad to see that because I really liked Lucic, Horton, Krejci. That line was amazing. So I'm really hoping that we can kind of create a new version of that maybe with um you know a hall uh solaric and maybe a studnika in the future hey let me let me take um let's take a quick break because uh, i just want to get uh you know one of the not sponsors but one of our guys i mean one of the people that i know very and i respect very well um a word on the show but i want to ask you something before we leave okay it's about milan lucic okay Shoot. All right. Do you like Milan first four years or last four years? And then we'll take last, a break. Last four years. <laughs> you liked them in the last four years. Yep. Can, can I ask why? 
Was it because his fighting? Was it because his fighting role went down and he tried to become more offensive? No, I think there was. If you ever watched the Bruins Cup DVD, yep. And I mean, I watched that religiously in the off season, probably you know every week or so. So there's a clip where he said that he just tried to evolve his role a little bit more. So yeah, you're right. It was it was more to do with like you said the fighting. He kind of toned the physical aspect down and became more of a goal scorer's power forward than just a bruiser. And and to follow up on that question, and then we'll take a, that break that I promised, do you think it was him or do you think it was the team? I, you know, I want to say it was him. Okay. He's not a he's not a dumb individual. No, I know, but I I just, I, I hope I that... I think he realized that he needed to, to evolve a bit. And... Right. I just hope that, you know, as a fan of hockey, I hope that, any coach or management position above would come down and say, please don't do what you love doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's why I kind of like like split those, uh, his eight-year career. And it's like I saw, I I saw in my personal opinion, I saw Milan Lucic that I'd love to have back the first four years. Obviously fresh, young, wanting to prove himself to get that, uh, that second contract after the entry level. But the last four years, I just saw a lot of um, cement skates. Um, yep. You know, a lot of situations where you create bad penalties and bad situations for his team. Not saying it was selfish or anything, but I don't know. It's just kind of my opinion. Mm-hmm. All right. We will be right back after a quick uh, word from um, our friends over at uh, College Hockey Incorporated. Um, we'll be right back. Passion, talent. Development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Nick Bukestad. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal! David Backus. And Zach Parisi were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world! Hey guys, we're back uh, talking about the 2018 NHL draft uh, from Dallas, Texas that happened over the weekend, started on Friday night, and uh, ended from t- rounds two to seven on Saturday. So uh, we uh, got to talk about the pick that was selected in the sixth round uh, at 181 overall. Uh, his name is Dustin uh, McFall. I want to say McFall. You're an educated guy. What do you say? I'm going to tend to agree with you. Okay. I like, yeah, I, I, I don't see any reason why that's not correct. <laughs> and, 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 and a free plug to EliteProspects.com. Um, if you have any any way that you want to properly um, pronounce a player's name, go to the website and click on oh, the, yeah. The, yeah, the top of the banner, and they'll translate it for you, and you can actually hear what their names are, and I have to do that a little more uh, often, I guess, because I totally failed that. And I really hope it's not a McPhail. Um, oh, 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 God. Is that too God. soon? I think, I think I'm done. Um, I, think, <laughs> I think we can't do this anymore. It looks like I gotta find that new host anyway. <laughs> oh, boy. But um, actually, if, ever, if the listeners out there want a real trip, Go to uh, Daniel Vladar's uh, Elite Prospects page and click on how his name is actually pronounced allegedly. That's a trip. Why? It's not Vladar? I'm not going to say anymore. Oh, no. I'm going to. Oh, God. All right. I'm, I don't care. I'm, I'm still going with the Vladar because okay. the way that they pronounce it. Yeah. Again, that's all I'll say, but it's just it's whack. <laughs> I'm going to go check it out as soon as we're done. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, it's a good one. I'll send you a message later. <laughs> um, McFall uh, is a uh, Clarkson University commit, recorded four goals. He's a defenseman, by the way. I forgot to mention that. Uh, he got four goals and 15 assists and 19 points in 38 games for uh, Pickering of the Ontario Junior Hockey League last season as a 17-year-old. Uh had one goal and two points and seven playoff games. Um, he's a late bloomer, Bradley said. 
He's a six foot two, hundred and eighty-five pound uh West Watertown, Ontario native. Um he believes he might play in the USHL or maybe BC Junior Hockey League. Uh, he's a competitive two-way defenseman that moves the puck and competes. Uh, they say they like to... Man, this is terrible. Uh, our guys talked about how he competes on pucks and how he moves the puck. I just read that. So, essentially, he's kind of a a more... Normal sized Tory crew. Yeah, you could say that. <laughs> I mean, his skate, they say his skating's pretty good. He needs to fill out his legs and frame are long. Uh, needs to put on ten to fifteen pounds for sure. But if he's got the reach, that's that's an incredible asset because you yeah. need uh, in the in the new NHL you need pass first defensemen. You need Agreed. not guys who are going to go D to D, but guys who are going to look for that first pass out of the zone and you get the transition game going immediately. Yeah, but when you look when you look at the game from the uh, another perspective, uh, Josh, is uh, having that reach, you break down the lanes. Ooh, very good. You yes, know? Exactly, in his own end. I mean, yeah. he is a defenseman first and foremost, so yeah, you're right. You don't just want that transition, but you also want somebody who's good in his own end. Absolutely. And, and you know, having a big frame for a defenseman, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not crapping on Tory Krug at oh, all no, in his that. size. I like I like have you ever seen all right have you been in a locker room have you, um, have you uh yeah kind of yeah uh in Bridgeport yep I got right up and close and personal with him so you've seen his frame he is stacked for his size I mean Tory Krug pretty much makes up in muscle mass for his height oh yeah I mean, yeah, he, I was so, very surprised when I was like, oh, my God, dude. I mean, you're ripped. You know, I mean, I obviously didn't gloat over him. And I saw <laughs> I saw him at development camp with a Bruins T-shirt on coming out to see. This was in 2016 when when the Bruins were still doing their development camp at uh, Rich Jucha Memorial Arena in, in uh, Wilmington, Mass. Now, all I did is come out there like a break from the weight room and had his thing of water, man. But, I mean, I was like, holy crap, he's, like, ripped. So, but as a defenseman as his stature is more or less for mobility and get in, in that transition game that we've all been preaching about that has to get better and and you know i think with a with a player like dustin and his his, his name spelled so weird it's d u s t y n which i i found weird but i to each their own i guess but um, the, the skating ability is so. We, I know we said this, and you touched on it, but the skating ability nowadays, and and that 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 movement out of the defensive zone as quick as possible, and yep. and stretch passes, and all kinds of you know scenarios that you could throw at it, just has to get better as the league gets better year by year because it gets faster, stronger, and so on. So, oh yeah. Um. And jump until the seventh round, the very last round of the 2018 draft, uh, the Boston Bruins picked forward uh, Pavel Shen, uh, 212th overall. Uh, very surprised. A lot of people on the tweet machine uh, were just sparked up as soon as they heard Pavel and Shen, and they found out that he's Russian. Uh, because he's a Russian, and the Bruins don't pick Russians too often in the drafts lately. Uh, the last one I believe was picked was Alexander Koklachov, who remains in the KHL and mm-hmm. looking for a contract to come back to the NHL, but that remains to be seen. Um, he's a flexible forward. Uh, he's a Russian native, collected 14 goals and 14 assists between, um, yep, Another 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 word I'm gonna hack. So it's in the KHL. Yeah, just uh, leave it at the KHL. That's yeah, fine. and in the uh, MHL, which is like their their minor league program to the K. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's uh, Bradley says I think he can play both center and wing. So another versatile forward. It's that seems it's, to be the way of the future. Yeah, absolutely. Based on not only not only the uh, the picks that we got this year but it just seems like a lot of these kids that they're picking up namely Heinen, uh bjork donato they all seem to be swiss army knives that you can 
slot them in just about anywhere, and it doesn't even matter what side, really. They just know instinctively, okay, if I'm playing I'm playing wing tonight, oh, I'm getting moved to center. Oh, I'm getting moved to left wing. Oh, I'm back to right wing. They just flow so perfectly between all three positions. They're very much so Swiss Army knives. Yeah, and, and uh, Scott Bradley said that he didn't play a lot in the KHL, didn't see a lot of minutes, but... In his junior league, uh, a lot of minutes, solid distrib- distributor of the puck, uh, taking a shot with a, um, a Ru- oh yeah, taking a shot with a Russian. He said, "We haven't had one for a while, and think it's a good uh, swing here." So uh, even they, even Scott Bradley says he was skeptic about you know uh, taking a player from that country. Um, definitely have to give a shout out to Michael Toivio and uh, Mark. Uh, Garbino, who, who contributed to the report. So, I mean, everything that I've written out is is coming from bostonbruins.com and Eric Russo's article. So, total credit to them mm-hmm. on the information. So, I mean, you got you got so Josh, you got so many players. You got Studenka, you got Senechin, you got Zboril, you got uh, Vakaninen, you got all kinds of players. You got all kinds of depth. So, additions like this are always to keep that thing going. Keep that keep that hamster rolling when it comes to um, to prospects and, and, and keeping the um, the pool healthy. So I thought it was a good draft. I, I mean I'd I would i would give it a solid B. I, I'm not gonna yeah. say it was a home run. Right, um, exactly. Yeah, there's a couple of good picks, but there was nobody, maybe Lauco aside, who really makes me say, Oh man, look at that guy. He's gonna be a stud in the future. But one one area of, of this organization that concerned me was they didn't pick a goaltender. And I know I'm going to get flack for this because people are going to go on EliteProspects.com or any other um, uh, outlet for the Bruins prospect uh, pool and tell me that they're, they're all set. And I don't believe that's true. I... I we got Vladar. I don't consider I don't consider Mac McIntyre a prospect anymore. He signed a pro deal. His entry level is over, so we'll go from him under. I you know Vladar, uh, Kieser, Swayman. Um, you know, I mean, you don't have much after that. And I think that if you if they would have picked a kid that was playing in like the United States Hockey League, that's just about to commit to a college, that'd be a good time for. To, for them to select a guy that could be in the net and continue that um, prospect, um, you know, growth in, mm-hmm. in the crease, um, you know. And I had a couple couple people in mind. Uh, I, I really like uh, Ontario Hockey League, uh, I, Niagara Ice Dogs, uh, Stephen Dillon. Oh, yeah, right. He had a good uh, playoffs, especially last year. Yeah, yeah he, and then, I mean, we watched – yeah, that's right. We watched him when he was playing Studico and Kiza in Oshawa. So, I mean, we, we, we have a good background on Dylan and Kiza. So, but what I liked about Dylan is, is his age. He's actually 19 years old, and he actually beat – the eligibility to play in the AHL or the East Coast Hockey League by one or two days mm-hmm. this year. So if they picked him, they would obviously, you know, it would suck to lose a draft pick, but you can insert him immediately into pro hockey. And with Vidar moving up to the American Hockey League, presumably, me and you know that he's going. Oh, yeah. Him and Mac, him and Mac are splitting the season next year. We are one day, right? You know, we don't know anything or anything like that. We're calling it as as fans. Yep. But that creates a freaking hole down in the East Coast Hockey League in the crease that that could be used for somebody like a player like Stephen Dillon. And he, his his immediate insertion is no problem without being hindered by the twenty year old, you know, rule agreement that the CHL and NHL have. So. I'm kind of thinking out of the box a little bit and, and looking at age. And there's a couple other people. I know there's one for the Barry Colts. He's a he's a Russian kid, I believe, or or a Kazakhstan guy that um, Hudobin's countryman. Uh, I think he's gonna be he can be a free agent and and be inserted too. But um, it, either way, I just thought that a goaltender could have been picked or used. And and you could also you could also get a goaltender after July first too. Right. So, yep, free agent market is available, and maybe that's what they're waiting for. Like you said, maybe they just don't want to waste a pick, and they'll say, Dylan, hey, 
you know, you want to invite to camp? Do you want to maybe right. try out for us? Do you want right. to let's see let's see how this works? My my thing about losing him and and then using that draft pick, and this is another angle that I took in my research, is if you use a draft pick, you, you get him. He's he's your property. You could do whatever you want. But if you lose him and you wait for the July first free agency where you can pretty much test the market. I know that the Pittsburgh Penguins are very interested in Stephen Dillon because they had him at, at, at camp uh, at, at, as close as last year. Ooh, so yeah. they, they, could, right. they could immediately sign him as a free agent, and then, you know, then he's theirs. I wanted to use the pick to get him to lock him up and so on, but that's just my selfishness and, and my goaltending bias. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I, I just thought that, you know, another goaltender would have been good. Maybe they'd address that next season. Um with what goes on with uh, with Zane McIntyre, who is currently under one more year and presumably going to be uh, spending that last season uh, with the Bruins organization, it, it, with the Providence Bruins. So um, I don't see him making the rise. I don't see him overplaying um, Anton Hudobin at this point if he's resigned and is actually the backup goaltender. So I just think that he's going to be... Yeah, as much as... We- as much as I like him, I mean, he's a good guy. But... Yeah, he works hard. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to give him crap for what he's done. His all, I mean, his first year was a little iffy. His second year of Providence was unbelievable. Last year was just average. So, I, I, I really hope the best for him. But I also want to give him the benefit of the doubt and just say he might have a better NHL career with another organization. You know, interestingly same... enough, interestingly enough, though, last year he posted seven shutouts, where the year before. He only posted two. Yeah, and that year before he was lights out. Yeah, he was. Exactly. He was. He it's... absolutely ripped the AHL up when it came to the uh, members of the crease. Yeah, you well, know, it was a little. It was kind of feast or famine, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, let's talk about development camp, huh? Yeah, it's coming up. Uh, yeah, you get to go there two days before I do, unfortunately. But I, I'm we... so psyched to go. Uh, Josh and I are privileged enough to have uh, media access to the event for the four days. And I know, Josh, that you can't be there for all four. Not rubbing it in, my friend, but I will be there for four days covering the event. Um, uh, Just a a little reminder for those that are listening that plan on going to the um, 2018 development camp from the Warrior Ice Arena in Brighton, Massachusetts. As of right now, and please... Look for updates. Don't take this as as ironclad. But um, the four day event is public. It is is available to the public. But right now on the schedule, only three days are listed as um, uh, days that the public can go in and see these uh, these workouts and training sessions. The Friday day, the twenty sixth, is not highlighted in yellow, which means to me that they're not going to open it up to the public. Which means that uh, media only um, and that's just right now please you know check in more often on, on bostonbruins.com for their updates as we get closer and the um, the official list of the all the um, 2018 development camp uh, attendees will be on there which includes uh, uh, invited players that um, I really love I love seeing the invites Um Last last time, Connor Clifton was a, was a, was an invite, and, and look at he got an AHL contract to show his stuff, and then uh, most recently signed a two year deal. So uh, invites are important because you get to see these players uh, up close and personal, uh, see how they take the organization and the tutelage that comes from the the guys above, like Jay Leach and and Cassidy and 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 I, I forget this guy's Kim's name, but he's the skating coach and he's really good, mm-hmm. but. You know, I mean, you get to see these players uh, up and close. It's like a, uh, a a mini mini camp for your your evaluation, and 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 you can offer them a contract. So it's a good preview, yeah, definitely yeah. is, especially. And then they've even done something. I I think it was in Buffalo last year, but what was that? It was like a it was like a prospect exhibition almost. Yeah, where... yeah, it's the uh, it's the um uh, the oh I remember I can't remember the damn name of it. Prospect right. challenge. Ah, thank you. Yeah, yes. it's a prospect challenge. It's it's um, it used to be three teams. Now it's four. It used to be Boston, New Jersey, and Buffalo. Uh, last year, the Pittsburgh Penguins were added, so it's kind of like a round robin tournament, kind of almost like the world, uh, not the World Cup. Yeah, I've got 
I don't like soccer. I just I'm so sick of seeing it. But uh, the um, <laughs> the Memorial Cup. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, so All it's right, kind of yeah, like a tournament like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'd love to go to that in Buffalo, but that's September, and I'm really out of vacation time because I, yeah. <laughs> I plan so many vacations around Bruins events. I'm, I'm running out of time, but uh, I will be at the development camp all next week. So if you're, if you're in the house and want to say hi, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter. Uh, send me a message, and we'll uh, get that done. Always a nice place next door, the rail stop. Uh, hate saying that because it's not a free plug. I mean, it is a free plug, but they have good drinks and good food. So, uh, meet me over there if you would like to afterwards. Um, but development camp starts on Tuesday, um, and it's going to be uh, team workouts in the gym. So, it's going to be a lot of strength training uh, for the first hour, hour and a half to two hours. So, the start of development camp on ice sessions could be eleven thirty to noon, and then go possibly till. 3.30 to 4 o'clock, um, but then on uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, um, the sessions are set for around 10 a.m. and to go to 2 p.m. in the afternoon, and those are two sessions, so obviously they take a break right around the noon time, clean the ice, everybody gets a stretch, maybe some pizza, whatever, and then goes back <laughs> on the ice and, and does their thing, but uh uh, the the official list of every everybody coming to the the um, development camp is is going to be released tomorrow from bostonbruins.com uh, and you can also uh, keep an alert going on Twitter for that but I just wanted to uh, kind of give a breakdown of the of the players that I believe are going to be in attendance um, starting off with the forwards uh, I'm gonna start with Trent Frederick but I'm also gonna say that I'm hearing on the tweet machine that uh, Frederick is not going to attend. Um, uh, the four-day event. I'm not sure why. Um, I will have to seriously look into and ask around um, why. But, yeah, I'm kind of disappointed in that because this would have been my third year um, seeing him. No, my second. Right. Yep, because he was drafted in 16. Yeah, yeah, the first round of 16. Oh, that's weird. I thought I thought it's been three years. But anyway, because I, I thought I like it. Yeah, I thought I'd met his parents three times, and they've always been great people. You know what's funny is his younger brother is a basketball player, and he wants to play for the Celtics. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no, hockey hockey wasn't an option for you? He's like, no, nah, I really didn't like it. But basketball's my game, and I want to play for the Celtics. I'm like, oh, that's ridiculous. That'd be funny if you two actually become Boston citizens and you play for both both franchises. That'd be great. Um, is, he, uh, is he a tall guy? He is tall, and, and so is Trent. Trent's a, a, a good-sized kid. Um you know, you've seen him down in Providence. You know, right, he, he's yeah. got some size to him, but his younger brother, yeah, he's, it's almost almost about the same, maybe a couple inches shorter. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's... the only problem with that, though, is that uh, on the ice, they're a little distorted because the ice is recessed from the floor of the stands. Right, right. So, and I, I don't know, I don't think that, um, I don't think Frederick was down in Bridgeport when I was watching them, when I got up and close and personal with the team, so... Yeah, I'm interested to see. Um, all right, so let's just go on from there. That's the only person that I know as of right now that might not be attending, but Yakov Voisbacher Carlson, Zach Senishin, Jack Stanika, Ryan Fitzgerald, Cameron Hughes, Yuna Kapanen, Carson Coleman, Peter Solaric, Jesse Gabriel, uh, Cedric Pare, Oscar Steen, Jack Becker. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming Ryan Donato might be there. Uh, just because of his entry level status, and and he probably could use the workouts during the summer to bulk up a little bit, so that's an iffy for me. Mm-hmm. But and obviously, uh, recently drafted uh, uh, Jacob Luco, Curtis Hall, and Pavel Shen mm-hmm. uh, for the defensemen: uh, Euro Vakanainen, Jakob Borrell, Emilio Hansen, Wiley Sherman, Jeremy Lawson, Connor Clifton, Victor Berglund, Daniel Bukash. Uh, Cameron Clark, Axel Anderson, and uh, Dustin McPhail, McFall, whatever. <laughs> I will learn that name, I promise. Yeah, I'm interested to see what uh, elite prospects have I, in this game. I am too. <laughs> um, and for goaltenders, as of right now, um, this Dan Vladar, Jeremy Swayman, and Kyle Kieser. I actually reached out to somebody that I cannot say his name 
uh, unfortunately, to see if um, another goaltender was going to be available. One that was um, at last year's camp, and I was told uh, they did not know. So we do not know the other goal. There's usually four goaltenders, two per session. So uh, expect one more to be invited. Um, it could be uh, Robert McGovern um, of the University of Maine. Uh, it could be hopefully Stephen Dillon. That'd be a, a great addition uh, and a little more exposure. So, mm-hmm. um, but that's it. I mean, uh, that's development camp. Like I said, is pretty much open to the public uh, except for that Friday. So stay tuned for that and keep keep involved in the updates. Um, that's about all we got for the for this show. Um, we are definitely going to be back um, next week. We're going to do a a pre and a post uh, free agent frenzy. So, and we're gonna have we're gonna have all the guys. Um, we're gonna have uh, Court Lalonde is coming back. We're gonna have Rob Tomlin. He's coming back. And um, uh, Josh, if you're willing to join us, I think we're gonna probably do a show on Saturday the thirtieth. Oh bummer! That's the. Uh... So my wedding date was originally supposed to be on the 30th, but we pushed it. Well, we moved it to February and then, but we're still doing a big reception that day for uh, all the family members who couldn't make it in February. Oh, so okay. I am unfortunately out that day, but I will be uh, free the following Sunday. All right. Yeah. With, uh, on July 1st. Yeah. See, I'm not going to be, able, we're not going to be able to do one with, um, with court. Because uh, it's it's Canada Day and he has family obligations, so um, I'm trying to think. And then I think the next one we were talking about was we think about doing the 30th and the 7th. So would you be available for the 7th? Seven. That's a Sunday, I believe. Uh, nope. Also a Saturday, but yeah, I'm free that day. Okay, so we'll we'll talk about getting you on and 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 you know having like a a four way. Um, Bruins talk. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm. I'm wicked pumped for development camp. I'm. I'm just. My brain's like scrambling. I've got. I've gotten my binder already. I've. I've wasted probably about two or three hundred dollars in ink. Um, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say in trees, and I was no. like, oh boy. <laughs> no, but I'm just trying to get everything ready. Uh, I'm on vacation all this week, so I'm. I'm pretty pumped about that. And so, uh, what do you got going on? You got anything? Besides uh, development camp, uh, not yet. Nope. Just uh, I've got an article kind of recapping the draft coming out, and either tonight or tomorrow. And until say like Wednesday night, it's pretty much business as usual. Nice, nice. Well, my friend, thank you so much for for coming back and helping me uh, clear this this uh, studio of of cobwebs and and uh, and craziness because uh, we're trying to get. Trying to get back into it, but it's been such a nice, nice break to just, you yep. know, just... definitely. I, I don't know though. I'm, I might bug you a couple of times during the off season just to sit down and chit chat because uh, I, I don't know how I'm going to do this off season. <laughs> well, if it's about the prospects and you want to dive into something like that, I'm, I'm definitely available and definitely open awesome. up to talking more when we get together with the other guys. But I know we we did want to take some time off. The, I mean, we did it for I think it was twenty five to thirty weeks. Mm-hmm. So it's it's nice to to get you know digress oh, yeah. a little bit, uh, spend the time with family and so on. So you know, drink a little more. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very, very good. good. I always support that. All right, uh, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Please check out our our. our podcast on the many podcatchers out there we're, we are everywhere currently and uh, and check out the uh our, our growing team we now have 18 writers and four podcasters um and the fourth being josh bemis here today so um we have a, a great team and uh always looking for more people if you're interested uh send me an email you can find the email at the bottom of the show notes and um that's about it. Thanks again for tuning in, and and we're going to be planning two more shows in the next two weeks. So, uh, you know, keep keep that in mind, and uh, we'll talk soon. Take care, Definitely. Josh. Thank you very much. Oh, by the way, I just wanted to say this. Uh, please follow Josh. Uh, his blog, shippingupthecauseway.com. Uh, you can also find his work at thesinbin.net, 
And uh, please follow him on Twitter. He's a fantastic follow. Very knowledgeable prospect guy about everything Bruins uh, at Two Causeway on the tweet machine. So thank you, Josh, again. I'll talk to you soon. And I'll see you in person on probably, let's see, uh, Thursday and Friday. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited to meet you and, and talk Likewise. to you about you know a bunch of stuff that we want to do. Uh, if you have any ideas to bounce on about the show, I'd love to hear them. Absolutely, yeah. I'll probably show up a little bit early just to catch up with you a little bit before we start doing the actual work for the day. There you go. I'll, I'll be there at 9 in the morning. As soon as that place opens, I'm scratching at the door. So Outstanding. See you then, Mark. All right, take care. Thanks for tuning in to this week's show. You can follow the guys on Twitter at blackandgold277, at Court Lalonde, and at Rob40Bruins. You can also send us an email to the show's account at blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com.